Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments, Season 3. Thank you for joining me on this journey into the odd, the weird, the strange. Hope you'll enjoy it. Now, on with the show. Well, howdy, howdy there, friends and neighbors. This is your old pal Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. We're going to continue with the show I started last week. It was Urban Legends State by State, and we finished in Nebraska with the story about the Heartbeat Bridge. We're going to start this week with Nevada and the aliens at Area 51. Anybody who's listened to the news any time in the last hundred years knows about Area 51. The conspiracy theorists say that's where they keep the aliens and the alien technology. Uh, those of a different bent of conspiracy say that's where the U.S. military tries out all of its new stealth stuff. And there may be something to both of it, uh, mostly the military. But Area 51 is one of those places where they keep buying the surrounding property to put out further and further barriers because people have been able to get in close with super hyper effective cameras and and lenses and things so they keep moving the public back away from it so they can't really see because in all honesty if it's a military base and they're trying something that's going to help our country we don't need to know about it until it's in use because if we know about it somebody's going to write something about it and our enemies which we do have, 
will know about it too. Off my soapbox now. Area 51 is publicly known as the place where the military tests out some of its most advanced weapons and technology, like I said. And the conspiracy theorists suspect that it's also where the U.S. government stashes the UFOs it doesn't want us to know about. And the little aliens that fly them. And there, there are stories that have come out about Area 51. And there are some people that have come out with stories about Area 51 that you just got to wonder about. I'm not going to go into details on that one. But if you've heard any of my previous podcasts, then <laughs> we know. In a connection with Area 51, there's also supposedly a hangar at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in Ohio. And it's supposedly called Hangar 18. And it supposedly is where they store the crashed UFOs they recover. Don't know. The movie was terrible when it came out in the 70s. So I'm not real sure about Area 51 and Hangar 18. It's an interesting story. And if you're into UFOs, more power to you. Let's go to New Hampshire. The legend of Chakarua, and I hope I'm saying that right. Mount Chakarua was named after a Native American chief, and some stories say it was the other way around. The chief was named after the mountain, who lived in the early 1700s. Legend has it that he left his son with the Campbell family, and while he went away on travel business. While under the family's care, his son died, and it was more than likely accidentally. And to exact revenge, Chief Chakarua killed the white man's wife and children. Then the surviving Campbell pursued Chakarua to the top of a mountain and shot him, or in some stories just wounded him and he fell off the mountain. The chief then placed a terrible curse on the land before he died and turned and leapt from the mountain. It's said that the land, now known as Chakarua Lake Conservancy, will inflict suffering and death on anyone who tries to live there or drink from its rivers. Let's go to New Jersey. This is a place that I have spoken about before in my Haunted Roads episode. Clinton Road in New Jersey. And this is the ghost boy of Clinton Road. I'm not sure if I touched on him. The ghost of a young boy is said to reside beneath one of the bridges on this road in Passaic County in northern New Jersey. As the legend goes, he's quite helpful, not to mention honest. If you drop a coin into the water, he will return it to you within 24 hours. It has become a rite of passage for local teens to go test it out. It should be noted that there is more than one bridge located on Clinton Road and nobody really knows for sure which one the ghost boy supposedly hangs out beneath. A second bridge is located several miles to the south of Dead Man's Curve, just above the old stone iron furnace. This bridge straddles a stony cleft through which a waterfall crashes mightily. If the ghost boy's spirit haunts this bridge, then his trip up to return thrown coins would certainly be a much more challenging task. Although he is the most talked about apparition to haunt Clinton Road, he is by no means the sole spirit to spook this street. 
another story, and it would seem that it's a deviation of the first one, is that a little boy was hit by a car and killed on the bridge when he went to pick up a quarter he saw on the ground. The legend is that if you get out of your car and stand on the bridge, you will see a quarter drop, and if you bend down to pick it up, the little boy will push you into the lake to save you from being hit by the car. Suffice it to say that Clinton Road has a wealth of strange stories attached to it. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's go back out to the west, to New Mexico. Another famous UFO story. The UFO crash at Roswell. Almost everybody knows about this story. In 1947, something big, and according to the rancher Mac Brazel, it was really, really big, and it crashed on a ranch northwest of Roswell, New Mexico. They say it was big because it was a huge debris field and the damage to the earth was fairly large. Members of the U.S. military quickly came to retrieve the debris, which led some to believe that it was something they wanted to cover up. A UFO, perhaps? Adding to the mystery, Jesse Marcel Jr., son of one of the military officers charged with clearing the site, later described the debris he saw his father bring home as being made of lead foil with I-beams. That's the letter I, because that's what they look like. According to Roswell UFO Museum, he recalled the writing on the I-beams as purple and strange. Never saw anything like it. It's got different geometric shapes, leaves, and circles. The U.S. government maintains it was a weather balloon that crashed. Supposedly, it was to be taken to Dallas, and it disappeared. Interesting. New York. Well, we're bouncing all over the states, aren't we? New York, the legend of Cropsey. Staten Island's Cropsey has been a local legend for decades and gained national attention when the documentary of the same name was released. That was in 2009. The story that Cropsey had a hook for a hand and was a patient at the Willowbrook State School. He would come out late at night to hunt and chase local kids with his hook hand. In truth, a series of child murders did take place in the area of Staten Island in the late 1970s, early 1980s. North Carolina, the Beast of Bladenboro, or Bladenboro. Many regions in the United States have their own urban legends 
of a story about a mutant creature in the woods who kills viciously and indiscriminately. In North Carolina, it's the Beast of Bladenboro, described by locals as a panther-like, bloodthirsty killer lurking in the darkness. It is said to have attacked numerous dogs and even people. Well, I can understand a panther being there because I saw a panther in Central Texas in the mid-60s. So, panthers are not unusual in the United States. Uh, especially down in, you know, in the southeast in the swamp areas. And some of them probably could be likely to attack dogs if they get hunted by it. I don't know. That's an interesting story. I like big animal stories because for me they're easier to believe than some of these other things that we talk about. Alright, this one I'm going to have to say slowly. We're in North Dakota, back across the country. In North Dakota they have what they call the Mini Washitu. And the next time you're on the banks of the Missouri River in North Dakota, keep an eye out for the Mini Washitu of North Dakota, a giant, red, hairy monster with sharp spikes along its back, a horn, and only one eye. If you look at it, blindness, insanity, and death are said to soon follow. So on second thought, don't keep an eye out for it. Let's look at that description again. Giant, red, hairy monster. Didn't Bugs Bunny run up against one of those? But this one has sharp spikes along its back. Additions from the chupacabra. It's got a horn and it's got one eye. And because it's red, it can't be a one eyed, one horned, flying purple people eater now, could it? Anyway, I don't I don't really mean to make light of these stories because there are some of these I do believe in, and there are a lot of these I do believe in, in fact. You just you have to take some things with humor seriously, because if you take them too seriously You'll go absolutely nuts. Anyway, let's come back a little ways to Ohio and the Gore Orphanage. Really unfortunate name for the place. In the 1800s, there was a deadly fire at the aptly named Gore Orphanage in Lorain County. Tragically, every single orphan in the institution perished. Locals say if you visit the site where the orphanage stood, you can still see the ghosts of the dead children. You can hear them playing or smell their burning flesh. Unfortunately, or fortunately, this story has little historical factuality to it. It is what is referred to in today's parlance as a mashup of several stories. I believe the truth is that there was a house owned by a family named Gore. There was an orphanage in the area. There was a fire, but it didn't kill anybody, and it wasn't at the orphanage. Something like that. I find it interesting the way that we can take certain facts and mix them together and add a good dose of, what, fantasy, terror, horror, and come out with a really good story. Maybe that's just the way we are as humans. We have to have something to scare us. We have to have something to remind us of our mortality. The fact that we are simply here for a moment and gone. Let's drop down to Oklahoma. A place called the Shaman's Portal. 
and it's also called the Oklahoma Bermuda Triangle. Shouldn't it be called the Oklahoma Triangle? I got a better idea for it. The Cimarron Triangle. Of course, I don't know where the Cimarron Strip in Oklahoma was. But people have allegedly disappeared into thin air on setting foot in these dunes in Beaver Sands. It's believed that a UFO crashed here, opening a door to another world. Beaver Dunes Park is located in Oklahoma's Panhandle region on U.S. Highway 270 in Beaver, Oklahoma. It's situated on over 300 acres of sand hills in an area known as No Man's Land. The park's paranormal history dates back to the 1500s when men traveling with the explorer Coronado disappeared from the dunes in paranormal flashes of green lightning. Native Americans tried warning Coronado about the perils of the dunes as they had been avoiding the area for centuries. He lost several men in an instant because he didn't heed their warning. He recorded all this in his journal, but it wasn't revealed until centuries later. Visitors camping in the park have reported seeing military-looking people digging in the middle of the night. Many more strange reports have surfaced over the years, enough to send archaeologists and investigators to the haunted area. Oregon. The Bandage Man. The ghost of a man who was supposedly chopped into bits at a sawmill terrifies Oregon residents to this day. They call him the Bandage Man because, well, he's wrapped up like a mummy in bloody bandages. Mostly, he's said to attack people who drive through or park their cars in Cannon Beach. Pennsylvania. Eastern State Penitentiary, or Dude, Run! The Eastern State Penitentiary of Pennsylvania is a real place that was shut down due to its exceptional cruelty toward inmates. Each cell and chamber has its own set of hauntings and terrible tales, and walking through it is supposed to feel like walking through the pit of hell itself. If you're the type who likes to experience the macabre, you can take a tour on Halloween. You must sign a liability waiver before entering, though. Eastern State was where a well-known paranormal-related show was filmed. And as the crew were filming and investigating, one of its investigators and another person were spooked by something they said reared up in front of them, prompting the investigator to yell the line that will reverberate down the halls of time in paranormal research circles. Dude, run! In Rhode Island, we have a story called Fingernail Freddy. And if this sounds familiar, it's because the Rhode Island legend of Fingernail Freddy is supposedly the inspiration for the Nightmare on Elm Street villain Freddy Krueger. In this version, Fingernail Freddy is a wild woodsman with insanely long fingernails who comes out at night to attack campers with his talons. Hope you don't wear that ugly red and green sweater and that hat. In South Carolina, the legend of Lavinia Fisher, known as America's first female serial killer, Lavinia Fisher was certainly not dainty about her kills. In the 1800s, she and her husband John ran an inn where they had the unfortunate habit of killing off many of their guests. They would poison their guests, then when the poor person had fallen asleep, drop them down a trap door. 
One victim managed to escape and the two were found out, resulting in their execution. The ghost of Lavinia Fisher haunts the Charleston jail where she was executed. Pleasant woman. South Dakota, Walking Sam. Walking Sam of South Dakota is a bit like the notorious figure from the Slender Man video games. An unnaturally tall, skinny, and creepy character, those who cross his path are induced to commit suicide and his favorite prey is young teens. I wonder if that comes from an Indian legend. In Tennessee, we have Skinned Tom. We've got some interesting names for these characters. As the story goes, in the 1920s, a young man named Tom once took his lady friend to the local lover's lane. He didn't know it, but the woman he was so enamored with was, in fact, married. Her husband found the two canoodling in their car. You should never canoodle in a car. He murdered his wife, then he skinned Tom alive. People say Tom still hangs around Lover's Lane, ready to kill those who dare commit adultery. Back in my home state of Texas, one of many urban legends, the Lechusa. In South Texas, after you had a beer or two, you'll need to be on the lookout for the Lechuza. Depending on the version being told, this incredibly large owl is either a bruja, which is a witch, or a familiar woman by day, bird by night. Her child was killed by a drunk, so she's on the prowl, looking to take revenge on bar patrons stumbling out on the street after closing time. Utah the curse of the Escalante Petrified Forest. Visitors to Escalante Petrified Forest in the Black Hills of Utah are cautioned to leave what they find behind. Legend has it that anyone who takes so much as a rock or a piece of wood will suffer intense misfortunes. Car accidents, broken bones, even job loss are said to have befallen those who dared to ignore the warning. I wonder if that got started before or after the legend of Madame Pele in Hawaii getting upset with people who take lava rocks as souvenirs from Hawaii. It's very, very similar, very familiar uh, with respect to Madame Pele. Let's go to Vermont, the Brattleboro Retreat Tower. Built as part of an insane asylum in the late 1800s, the Brattleboro Retreat Tower was soon closed off after a number of patients supposedly committed suicide by flinging themselves from the top. Sure, that's what you want to build, a high tower near a place of mental problems, and then give access to it to those people who have mental problems. It just doesn't make sense. Or as we say down here in San Antonio, that's no bueno. The tower remains standing today and people say that if you dare visit it, you will see ghosts plunging to their deaths over and over again, like an old tape replaying itself. Virginia. The Bunny Man Bridge. As the story goes, in 1904, some of the most dangerous patients from an insane asylum in Clifton, Virginia were being moved to a prison when the bus crashed on Fairfax Station Bridge. The inmates attempted to escape, but only one was successful. He left a trail of dead, skinned, half-eaten rabbits hanging many from the bridge that was the scene of the crash. 
then on Halloween night of the same year, several teens hanging out under the bridge were attacked at the stroke of midnight and met the same fate as the bunnies. Let's go out to Washington State and Maltby's 13 Steps to Hell. In Maltby Cemetery in Maltby, Washington, you'll find a set of 13 steps leading down into an underground crypt. Legend has it that anyone who makes the regrettable decision of climbing down those steps will be met with a vision of hell so terrifying it will drive them to insanity. It seems to me that story is repeated in several different places. Not as many as I thought when I went to look it up, but several different places. Okay, we come back to our celebrity. West Virginia, the Mothman. This is the same Mothman from the movie and the book, The Mothman Prophecies. The final scene of that movie is a retelling of a take on an event that actually happened in 1967. The silver bridge that connects Point Pleasant, West Virginia with Gallipolis, Ohio, collapsed at the height of rush hour, killing 46 people. According to legend, it was the Mothman, the great bringer of death, who caused the accident. Now, I believe I had heard that he appeared prior to the accident, so he was more of a harbinger of the accident rather than the cause of it. Wisconsin, the bloody headstone at Riverside Cemetery. A local woman by the name of Kate Blood is said to have killed her husband and three children, after which she committed suicide. Her headstone at Riverside Cemetery in Appleton allegedly drips blood every full moon though if you do visit a glance at her headstone will quickly debunk the legend she was outlived by her husband and her only child and while she lived she gave of herself in helping others around her and was well loved by her community and her passing grieved the community greatly Wyoming the jackalope. Yeehaw! The large bunny creature with antelope horns is a well-known character in Wyoming's culture, their history, and their landscape. Some people say that they have most definitely seen it, while others shrug it off as a fairy tale. What do you think? Well, there we come to an end of another show. My stories are done. I'll come back with something good next week. I thank you for being here and listening with me. Listening to me. I'm glad you were able to find the podcast. If you're new to the podcast, I've been around for a while. This is my third season. If you're old to the podcast, you know that. Remember that you can go to your app store on both Apple and Android you can download the RPA app, and when you download that and open it up in your your uh, device that you use, phone, tablet, computer, you can get all of the shows that are connected to the RPA network. RPA stands for Real Paranormal Activity. That's Aaron Hunter's show on Mondays. And there are four to six shows connected with this, I believe. 
if you download that and install it, then you will have instant access to the shows without having to chase them down through a podcatcher. Well, that's it. That's all I have for this week, and I appreciate it. I I hope you've enjoyed these shows, these stories. I enjoy doing them. They're so much fun. And looking up the stories is, you know, researching the stories is a lot of fun, too, because I find out things I've never heard of. So, anyway, you folks have a great week. Enjoy life. Be careful. Be safe. And be back next week. This is Terry from Texas saying good night. Thank you.